What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. And I'm Steve. And this is Black Series Rebels, episode 66. Execute episode 66. Ah. And let's pour one out for all of our fallen Jedis in Order 66. Welcome back, guys. As you guys know, those of you that are new to the channel, those of you who are old to the channel, we are the Black Series Rebels, a weekly YouTube Star Wars talk show. And what should our audience do, Steve? They should subscribe to the channel. What else should they do, Steve? Mm, like the channel. And what else should they do, Steve? Uh, there's this little bell thing. All they got to do is tap that little belly bell, and every time we upload a new episode, they will be notified of our glorious content. Tap that little belly bell. <laughs> tap that little belly bell. Ding, ding. Tap that little belly bell. A ding, ding. Tap that little, tap that little, tap ding, that ding, little ding, belly ding, ding, bell. Ding. All right, since most of you have already tuned out by this point, not a lot to talk about in Star Wars this week. However, it is the holidays, and we still got to push our way through it. So with that being said, hey, Steve. Yeah, Alex. What's going on this week in Star Wars news? Hey, Steve. Yeah, Alex. What's going on this week in Star Wars news? Buddy, I've got real news to, to report, like legitimate, actual, official news, not like... Not like we learned about it three weeks before it became official, so we're repeating the news that we've already done two, for the last like two, three weeks, and now we're doing real news. Somehow this one didn't leak, but I think that has something to do with the fact that this isn't about an actor, this isn't about a character, this, this isn't, isn't about something a that Jason Ward can, yes. like he can't raise his, his kids on like broomsticks over the fence to see this guy doing his yeah. job. Yeah, you know, in fact, I was talking with uh, Iraj from The Sith List, mm -hmm. and he was telling me how Jason took him with him, and Jason literally was like, no, bro, you need to you need to get on my shoulders. You need to get on my shoulders. Dude, <laughs> told you. It's like the Sandlot, <laughs> when they raise him over and they put him down and the erector set, like, goes in. It's, I don't you know. You got it. Yeah. It's... Pull it up. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, Jason Ward is the sandlot of Star Wars news right now. So well, what's the news? So the news is uh, we have our official composer for The Mandalorian. Mm -hmm. uh, he composed the, com the, the, the music for Creed, um, as well as the music for Black Panther. Uh, we are getting none other than Ludwig Garrison. I probably butchered that name. Well, you definitely got It's either Ludwig or Ludwig. Ludwig Garrison. Do we we say Lud, Ludwig Beethoven? Ludwig Be, Ludwig von Beethoven? Is he von Garrison? No, just he's Garrison? just Garrison. I just slipped that dude. in. He's probably really bummed the von's not in there. Because with a name like Ludwig Garrison, but he's got the two little dots I think above the the O. I don't know what that those dots yeah. are. Yeah, I don't know. It's Sorry. okay. I'm still getting my accents correctly <laughs> for my lovely Colombian fiance. Uh, with a name like Ludwig Garrison with two dots above something. You're pretty much built to write classical music. You were born playing piano coming out of your your mom's womb. He like came out the womb and they were like, you're going to score movies. Same with like Buster Posey. And he like, was just like. <laughs> he like came out. <laughs> Keep it going. Do you think he had the little white wig? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, that's let. 
you heard it here first, folks. That's what the Mandalorian score sounds like. Uh, this is cool news. This is pretty great news. Well, I know you're a big fan of what he did with the Rocky theme. Uh, the best part. Creed is an amazing movie. But the for me, the part where I was like, this movie's brilliant, is he builds to the Rocky theme the whole movie. You only hear once in that movie. But, but the whole thing, it's like, it goes like, dun-dun-dun. Dun, dun, dun. Like he played, like he does the build up multiple times through the whole movie. The best is on the 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 running sequence in yeah. Creed with the motorcycles because you think he's gonna do it and he still doesn't do it. But in Creed, like what happens is is like he gets knocked out like like the first three rounds and then he sits down and like Rocky says like this is your time, kid. It's your time. And literally as the bell rings and he stands up, it's like. Bum, 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 bum. I'm like, oh, like the whole place goes crazy. And you want to know why I bring that up in regards to this? Imagine what he's going to do with Star Wars music. Yep. He's going to be building up all this stuff until you get to like, da, 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 da. Like he's going to be doing, ins he's a, an amazing film composer. I seriously am like, they've had a lot of really great announcements about The Mandalorian. This might be the best announcement. Well, the thing I like about it is I know a lot of people were like, but I want the guy that did the Clone Wars or Fart. or or, Great music, or Rebels or anything. So and, I, and I agree with you. And guys, you're talking to someone who likes the old stuff so much so, yet I'm so stoked to have some people play with the toys, some new people with the, to play with the toys, taking some big swings and just sort of experimenting while also paying homage and respect to the original stuff and helping push it forward. And we need more like this, not just the composers, but as well as with the creators. Yeah. And and I'm just, Favs is clearly doing Fobbs. what like- He's doing Favs. He's Fobbs. doing Favs. He's got a good eye. He's got a good ear. Dude's got some of the best soundtracks on well, every it, movie. His soundtracks though are, he has a very specific, his Favaro yes. flavor is very different than scoring like a, like yes. you're not gonna get like I like it like that yeah, I, I like it I, like I that I know but I'm just saying he's Foz clearly pays attention to music he's a big music head and so I'm really stoked with this announcement even in Iron Man a lot of what makes Iron Man great is the ACDC mm -hmm. not necessarily the Iron oh, Man score Johnny Foz knows music cues real yeah. well so I'd be curious to see him really work in a fully composed space like mm -hmm. stars because you can't you can't just bust out a little salsa well, yeah and then a little acdc although maybe he would be yeah. awesome if he did but i don't think he would i think that this is this is a surprise like perfect announcement i also think there might be a little bit of a clue as to who may be taking the reins from williams here because this is a huge chunk of content to compose for and if it's Star Wars you know he's going to have music cues for everything like mm -hmm. Game of Thrones a lot of music and themes for every character themes for every character doing all kinds of stuff and you know Johnny Boy is at most going to finish 9 most likely and then he will retire and he'll end on episode 9 
you know, and they're going to have to start finding new people to play with the toys, like you yeah, say. Yeah, and I think they'll they'll definitely probably if if Gene Kino or Gene Kano, Michael Giacchino, Giacchino, who came in and and basically did Rogue One in like three two weeks, weeks yeah. or whatever. It was two. Like, write it in two weeks like, and take. Like homie deserves another shot at like the full like time span it takes to really do those movies and he will he will yeah. get another shot at yeah. that there's gonna be enough movies for him to do it. and my guess would be is that he gets like the db weiss thing and he gets to do all three of those movies or something like there's gonna be a lot of stuff for people to play with in the future i i'm with you i i heard the collective groan from every clone wars and rebels fan that they didn't i don't even know the name of the composer the guy that writes all that music that music's fine but it, I, I don't leave, I don't watch those shows going. Oh my gosh, the music! I go like, oh, th these are fun. These are fun shows. There are a lot of people out there that love that music, and it's you know it has its place. But like, I never heard that Rebels thing go and go. Man, sure would like to see what happens next in the story of that Star Wars music. Not saying it won't be amazing in Clone Wars or that it's not good in Rebels and Clone Wars. It's fantastic. But again, I, I do think it's very clear that Disney is drawing a invisible line in the sand in a weird way. And I know this is really hard and it kind of sucks because like in a weird way they're gatekeeping within their own content. But it's like homie scored Black Panther in Creed. Yeah. He gets to leapfrog. Like, he's really good at what he does. It's the same thing with Johnny Favs. Favs is bringing in incredible directors to work on this because all of those directors, like, deserve their shot, including Dave Filoni. Like, he's earned his opportunity to direct live-action content. My guess would be is if Filoni kills it on Mandalorian, there's a strong chance he gets to direct a movie and or becomes the Kevin Feige of creative. I think even that, or even maybe a, another like a TV series of his own or something. Like comes in and does like some sort of a thing. Yeah, comes in and does more Cassian mm -hmm. or show runs a new show runs something something that's more serialized. I think. Yeah. Maybe that's not that, to say anything like that he won't or anything, um, but that's not all the Mandalorian news we got this week. What else we got? Well, this is one of those tidbits we'll talk about now. Maybe when we get back from the holiday break, it'll be official. Yeah. Who knows? Um, our buddy Jason Ward. Lifting the kids over the fence again. Um, Jason Ward at Making Star Wars uh, has reported that uh, he's gotten some information regarding who Nick Nolte will be playing, as well as uh, two characters that a lot of people love from a previous film or two. Uh, first, we'll start with Nolte's character. Uh, turns out our suspicions, if, if, if Jason is correct, Means we're correct. Nolte is voicing a character. Um, there is a tiny woman on set who is wearing a um, mask designed by Stan Winston, and apparently it's in Stan Winston's team. Um, apparently it's incredible, um, and it's synced up to Nolte's like expressions and the way he talks and um, his voiceover. Oh, it's like a weird live. Practical motion capture mask. Yes, apparently it's apparently it's incredible. But <laughs> dude, that's Nolte's playing an Ugnot. Those little pig dudes <laughs> from Empire Strikes, from Empire Strikes Back. Back, and I think there's like one or two of them that in pop Rebels up in Rebels and, every and now and again. Yeah. 
I think. But Nolte's planet Ugnaught. <laughs> so according to Jason and his sources. And I think IO9 maybe has like followed up and doubled down on this. Well, IO9 came through and with some other stuff that well, we're talking no, about. Well, no, no, no. They just relinked out to That's what I'm saying. I'm not Jason. saying they yeah. like confirmed. I'm saying if IO9 has hopped on on top of Jason Ward, that's usually a pretty good sign that there might be some confirmations happening behind the scenes. Or they've heard it as well, and so, yeah. but they're going to let Jason take the hit. And you'll also know, we don't do a lot of leaks and stuff on this show, but for some reason with the TV show, they don't feel, I, I don't think it's a big deal yeah. that Nick Nolte's playing an Ugnaught. Like, I think it's like, okay, cool, I don't know anything about this story. Mm-hmm. Cool, Nick Nolte's playing the little pig from Empire Strikes Back. Well, the one thing that cracks me up from this story is, and I don't know if this is Jason's embellishment, but Jason pretty much paints a picture that Nolte, like, they rigged Nolte's, like, closet to be a little sound booth thing, and he went into the closet under some hangers and, like, recorded it. And a lot of people have re-reported this. I don't know if that was just Jason adding some colorful descriptions. I bet like, Like... Nick Nolte's, like, Venice apartment has, like, a weird recording... I you here have a recording studio in a closet Yeah, I mean, yeah. This is cool. Ugnaughts are weird and funky. Like, I hope they play catch with some droid heads like they do with 3PO. I feel like they're just supposed to squeal, but it's kind of great that this one can talk. I don't know. I don't... I feel like I've seen them talk in... The Rebels, Rebels cartoon, yeah. They have talked in Rebels. Yeah. I know they squeal mm-hmm. like pigs. Lucas had this thing with pigs. You had the Ugnaughts, you got the uh, Grimorian guards. You got the JJ's, got his little, uh, that big fat pig that drinks the water with Finn. Yeah. Lots of, lots of snouts. Snouts. Lots this of snouts. This is cool. I'm excited. I don't have much more on Nick Nolte. That's than okay. That's okay. The other Mandalorian news is, is Jason's reporting that None other than IG-88 has been seen on the set. Um, IG-88 has been seen on the set as a practical droid. As, and is a character in the series. What is happening on this set? And that's not all. Rumor has it, Bosk, the bounty hunter, <laughs> will be joining IG-88 and the Mandalorian in this television series. Fobbs is like... Fobbs literally rolled into Lucasfilm and was like, yo, I want to make a Boba Fett TV show. And they were like, hmm, I think maybe we already have something going on. He's like, well, I don't care. I'm going to make a guy that's like Boba Fett. And I want to play with IG-88. And I want to play with Boss. Don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry. There will be new characters. But I want to play with the toys that have been sitting in the sandbox that nobody else is getting to play with. And I'm going to play with them. And they're going to be cool. And we're also going to expand the world out. And you're going to get new characters and everything, but I want to play with those characters. I've wanted to play with those characters since 1982. That's what I want to do. And because he's Johnny Fobbs, they went, okay. Yeah. Johnny Fobbs is notorious for getting what he wants in Hollywood. You're welcome for Robert Downey Jr. That's Johnny Fobbs basically being like, I'm not doing it. (laughs) He's like notorious for walking off sets if he doesn't get what he wants. So it's pretty rad that he's just been like, I want this, I want that, I want this, I want that. He's literally doing what all of us thought of when we heard Star Wars was coming back. Kind of. In a way. In a way. I I know this is blasphemy. IG-88 and Bosk are cool, but I I wasn't like, I think we're going to get an adventure with 
response. <laughs> like when they announced Star Wars, the first thing I thought is like, oh, cool, Luke and Han. Yes. But yes, the more we, I got, here's what I would say. This is a great opportunity for the folks at Lucasfilm to please a big portion of this fan base that feels a little neglected. And I do think there's some truth to it, right? It's like, mm -hmm. you haven't seen a lot of Greedos walking around in the sequel trilogy. Haven't seen a lot of Jawas. Haven't seen a lot of Jawas. You haven't seen a lot of this, you haven't seen a lot of that. That's because these directors want to come in. They want to make their mark. These visual artists want to make their stamp. They want to do their thing. So in a way, I get it. I get why they want it to feel fresh and new. That was a very Lucas thing to do, right? It was like, literally like, we're on Hoth, new planets, new this. The only planet we ever really revisited is Tatooine. Mm -hmm. It's the only planet, I think, where they've been to it twice in two movies, right? Or Dagobah, Dagobah and Tatooine. Other than that, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm pretty sure that's it. Mm -hmm. Like, And I guess in the prequels, you've got Coruscant and Tatooine. You've got a couple that they go back and forth. But in the sequel trilogy, it's been a lot of like, no, new planet, new things. The only thing, but the, what's weird then is that the ships are like straight up like X-Wing TIE Fighter. So it's just they're playing in an interesting, yeah. it, they're making interesting choices when it comes to that. And I do think there is a little bit of power in Fobbs being like, you know what? If you're going to do a TV show where you want fans to tune in because it's recognizably Star Wars... You need stormtroopers and the Empire, and you're gonna you need blasters and ships, and these creatures that are like beloved action figures that people have seen for a gener gen multiple generations have now grown up with IG88 and Bosk, and I think that's just the beginning of what's going to be in this. I think I think we need to be I think I think there's going to be a lot more going on in the Mandalorian that's the connective tissue than we really think. Yeah. I think there's a possibility, too, that, like, it's called The Mandalorian, but there's something else going on here. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know what that is, but the whole thing is just very interesting, the way they're playing it out, with a lot of in-camera tricks. And there's, there's some, there's, Fobbs is messy. He's, he's, people are playing. That's what, that's the more important thing here, is he's, people are really playing and having fun, it, it seems, by, with a lot of these reports and things that are going on, like what you're saying with the interesting with the sets, the mask that with Nolte, the the there's just a lot of experimentation going on, it seems. At yeah. least I get that. For me, it's more of like I think there's more than meets the eye to a lot of these oh. stories. I think they knew that shooting in LA was an instant, it's all gonna be out there really quickly. It's going to be really difficult, hence the hard drive that went missing. Like, it's just a lot harder to keep a set under wraps, especially when you're shooting outdoors, when it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from Costa Mesa. Jason Ward's got the kids on the Vespa. Like, get, I don't know if Jason Ward drives a Vespa, rides a Vespa around. But you know what I mean? I feel like there's more than meets the eye. We'll have to see what happens. I know that we don't know if it's officially confirmed, but there's possible a possibility that some of the footage may have streamed at a marketing uh, thing or something. Yeah, there's like a weird thing I saw on a couple websites. Um, apparently, a very credible Reddit commenter Reddit or guy user guy, like a Reddit guy that apparently was right, that's clearly in the marketing world, uh, had seen some stuff that had to do with marketing regarding uh, Avengers. 
uh, Endgame and happened to be correct. Uh, same thing with a couple other things. So some people are, are running with this as a, a pretty good potential uh, real source, but apparently there was a marketing event or something uh, not too long ago. Um, please, right now, we're going to do some speculation uh, that was reported that could be considered, I guess, a spoiler. So if you don't want to... I don't want to know any of the this, details. Okay. I just want to know... Well, okay. It's so a then, possibility that right, there's some a, footage screen. There's a possibility that, that Favreau at this marketing thing uh, put together a sizzle reel um, and, and sort of uh, people got their first sort of look at it and he's really stoked about it. And um, there were um, mm. some more story details... Uh, regarding, let's say, like the MacGuffin of the film okay. and things yeah, like I don't that. So, uh, be as you will. If you want, go check it out. You can find that on various websites. All you got to do is, you know, use the internet. You know how you if you watch this show, you know how to get that. Yeah. Stuff. Um, so yeah, apparently some footage is screened. Um, With our luck, because of the holidays, and this comes out like two days after Christmas, that Mandalorian footage has dropped. Yeah. And we seem like maniacs. maybe, but who knows. Is that it in Mandalorian news? That's pretty much it in Mandalorian news. We got some small tidbits. Um, this is what I'd like to call like drumming up fake news that happened this week. Um, apparently, did you know it was rumored that Natalie Portman was going to reprise her role of Queen Amidala in episode nine? Did you hear that, Alex? I actually didn't hear that, but it does sound like something somebody would make up. So Natalie Portman, I think, was on like an Australian like. Good Morning America type show. Uh, I think they just wanted a Chiron that said Star Wars and Queen Amidala and get some clicks on the internet today. Um, Natalie, they said, so it's been rumored that you're going to be yeah, reprising Queen uh, Amidala and blah, blah, like, blah. She kind of was like, huh? Really? Uh, that's the first time. Like, like le legitimately was like, that, that's the I... best you got? Like, well, to be honest, though, there was a little bit of like, I know y'all love Natalie Portman, but she was like, no. <laughs> With all due respect. Yeah, Randy Jackson. Yeah, she, yeah, it's going to be a no for me, dog. Yeah, she was like, <laughs> even if they asked, no. Like, she's yeah, got mm. no interest. It ain't happening. Good yeah. to know. Yeah. Ain't happening. So that happened. Ain't happening, ain't happening. That ain't happened. happened. Which, I would be nervous for folks hoping for Hayden or Ewan in episode nine. Just throwing it out there. If she's reacting like that, ooh, <laughs> that may be, I think JJ's like, I got enough. I don't need the frills. We'll see. Yeah, I don't I don't know. And, and yeah, I, I can't even begin to wrap my brain Just around. Stressing yeah. you out. Just no, I don't want to say something mean. Um, I guess here's what I would say in regards to like Padme popping in episode nine. Why? Why? I understand. She's our queen. I understand. Okay. Don't call her your queen. That's weird. She's not your queen. She's not. She's an actress named Natalie Portman who played Queen Amidala, who honestly kind of hated every minute of making those movies. We all know it. She's the Harrison Ford of the prequels. She probably would do it if they would kill her, but they already did <laughs> in the movies. I think that... I understand why people are really passionate about Padme. She's a she's one of the stronger characters in the prequel trilogy, especially for my prequel lovers out there. Well, and Natalie Portman's a great actress. Yes, we're not we're not dogging Natalie Portman, but I think it's really important to look at her reaction when she brings us up. That ain't happening, and and I think she, 
I think there's a, I know this is really hard for people to hear and it's going to really bum them out. I think the idea of separating themselves from the prequels is still very much cinematically in this, in the cinema, in the movies, is still very much a thing that they're doing. Yeah. As opposed to in the comics and the video games and this and all the stuff that us sweaties are constantly consuming, that's where they're going to put all those nuggets. But I don't think there's a world where like, they're going to swing by Coruscant in episode nine. It's just not yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, we got some other sort of what I consider to be fake um, nonsense. Um, Kyle Newman, director, fanboys. Nice guy. We met him. Uh, he does Steel Show all the time. Kyle, very insightful. Very insightful. Has some great, great opinions and insight on... Uh, and on you know Star Wars, um, wears it on his sleeve that he did not like the Last Jedi, is not afraid to say that. Didn't like TFA. Didn't. No, well, he liked the Force Awakens more than more than, more than Last more Jedi. More than Last Jedi, but he really did not like the Last Jedi. Anyways, some audio came out of him on a podcast. He's been promoting a D and D book recently, and his movie that, that he wrote, legal, and, he's, and he's got a movie legal. on I think called Barely Leave. Yeah, um, which anyways, surprising was a twenty four. That's pretty intense. Um, you know, and anyways, Kyle was on a, like a podcast or something promoting the book and some audio got, came out, um, from it where he basically, you know, talks about how, you know, in his circles and in Hollywood, no one liked The Last Jedi, um, and that there are a lot of famous directors that he is friends with that, um, didn't like it privately and are, and, and will never come out and say, uh, it publicly, as well as m a majority of the um, professional critics out there, actually hated it. But they would never they they admit they would never say that publicly because they like the perks and invites and things like that to premieres, and uh, they don't want to miss out on that stuff. Um, a lot of critics, Drew McWeeny, uh, Richard Roper, uh, had some very strong opinions about um, Kyle's comments. Um, and these are not like casual movie reviewers. No. These are like, with all due respect to Kyle Newman, these guys critique real movies, like big movies, and they take their work very seriously. So these like, are like, these guys are journalists. These guys... Richard Roper worked with... Roger Ebert, who won a Pulitzer Prize. Yeah, so he he he, he took over for Gene yeah. Siskel during Ebert, Roper and Ebert and yeah. Roper or Ebert and Siskel and Ebert. Um, listen, I know Kyle didn't like the movie. However, to put out there that the majority of critics are just saying that they love it because they don't want to lose the perks that come with being a movie <laughs> critic is incredibly irresponsible in my mind, and. Well, Actually, just, I think what it also does is it fuels it, a, it, it, it fuels a, a side of fandom that it just more importantly, guys like Drew McWeeny, guys like Jermaine Lucier, guys like Peter Cetera slash film, guys like Mike Ryan, guys like Richard Roper, these are guys, these are their careers. Peter Travers. Peter Travers, these are their careers. Guys like Roper, who worked for the literally Siskel and Ebert and and um, Siskel and Roper, those shows Ebert and Roper. Ebert and Roper, sorry, those shows. Parent company was the Walt Disney Pictures. 
Walt Disney Company. Yeah. They gave a bad review to Michael Eisner's son when Michael Michael Eisner's son's film when Michael Eisner was the head of Disney. The majority of reviewers out there that are professional who take their job seriously, who have pride in what they do, how they feed their families, it's their livelihood. They're not just going to go put out a review just because they get to go to a premiere. Like, it's just not... I think... Okay. I don't know Kyle Newman. I don't know who he's talking about. I don't know what reviewers he's talking about. I'll give him the. I'll give him a little bit of salt. I'll give him a little bit of grain of salt. I'll take what he says that there's a possibility... There's a couple of music video directors out there that he knows or guys that are directing lower budget indie movies that are less than thrilled with how Lester went. Hell, he could be best buds with Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg's like, it was all right, whatever. But to say that people are afraid to voice their opinion on The Last Jedi for fear of being blacklisted or like losing their access is so dumb and not true in any sense of the word. There is a very clear difference between a movie pundit and a movie critic. Huge difference. We are technically pundits. We offer up our opinions because we are fans of Star Wars. Critics offer a critical analysis of content. There are no there's no such thing as like just a Star Wars critic. It's, that's not a thing. You're either a Star Wars fan with an opinion or you're a movie critic who has no attachment to each product that comes out. It's really infuriating to me that we're getting to this place where like suddenly we put as much stock into people with YouTube opinions, which is us, as we do to like Richard Roper or Peter Travers. Not the same. Not the same. We're just like, we like to have fun and hopefully you have some laughs and maybe you agree with what our thoughts and maybe you disagree, but... There's a thing happening culturally and it's not just in Star Wars. It's all across fandom. It's happening in politics. It's happening in a lot of different things. And is this idea, I call it, I'm just going to make shit up and see what sticks and then we just go from there. You see it a lot in news about episode nine. Hence... The Natalie Portman rumor. What? <laughs> Natalie Portman rumor is a perfect example. Yes. Natalie Portman rumor. There, that's not, there's never, that was never a rumor. That was someone made something up and this person did some research and because the YouTube algorithm is such garbo, it popped up as like Natalie Portman to appear in episode nine was like the first thing that popped up because that's what people are hoping for. Not going to happen. I don't want to throw shade on another podcast, but shame on them for like just buying into that idea instantly. Like Kyle Newman, if Cisco was here, he would laugh and he would point at me. <laughs> Kyle Newman just pulled the Kanye West. Oh yeah. The Kanye West is when you have a new album dropping or some new sneakers popping out and you do something insane to take over the narrative for a day to draw attention to the thing you're working on. And again, I'm not throwing shade on Kyle Newman. It worked. Like, everybody was talking about Kyle Newman. They were talking about Barely Lethal. 
and they were talking about his Dungeons and Dragons book, and they were talking about fanboys. Guarantee you, all the people that hated Last Jedi all went home and downloaded fanboys. It's brilliant. Kanye West throws on a Trump hat or calls out Taylor Swift or says George W. Bush doesn't care about black people right as he's about to drop some crazy thing, and then we're all talking about that. It, it's people have learned how to manipulate algorithms and social media. All Kyle was doing, in my opinion, was throwing the bomb into the room and just going, hold on, let me just pin this link to my Netflix movie. That hey, man. Came. Christmas Whatever. is a week away. Get those D&D books. Get those D&D. I got, I, dude, Kyle and I have talked privately, messaged back and forth. He'll be on the show one day. It'll happen. Hopefully he's not upset after us talking about it. But I think Why? this is good Star Wars Why? news. I, think, I don't yeah. think he's lying. Yeah. I think Kyle Newman knows some people that didn't like Last Jedi, but are like, I'm not going to voice it because I have a relationship with Lucasfilm or this or that. That's very possible. I bet Kyle Newman has met a couple of directors that really don't like The Last Jedi, and the four of them have sat down at Big Wangs in Hollywood and ripped it apart for three hours. I think all that is true. But to go on a podcast and say that critics are afraid to give a movie a bad review because they'll lose their access is so not true. It's just not true. And... Like, that's, that's dangerous to even float that idea because fans are already so quick to look for the conspiracy. You're just, you're, you're throwing gas on a fire that just doesn't need gas. So I think that that was reckless. I think it was incredibly inappropriate. And I think, I genuinely think Kyle Newman knows better. Yeah. I think he does. I think he knows better. I think he knows good enough to know that when he did it, what it would do, yeah. and it worked. Yeah, That's all I'm going to sure. say on the matter. For sure. Well, this is the last bit of news. Uh, before we started the show, the taping tonight, uh, we got another potential news bit, rumor, what do you want to call it. Uh, there's been a lot of chatter in the last three weeks regarding, are we going to get episode nine trailer? Are we not? Collider, you know, Steve Weintraub, Collider, Frosty. You know, he had mentioned a couple weeks ago, he had been hearing rumblings that we'll probably see something. Lots of people ran with that and was like, oh my God, nine trailer or this. No, he never specified really what it was we were getting. It's been a lot of chatter. There's been tons of think pieces, tons of articles, all kinds of stuff. Anyways, uh, right before we started taping tonight, um, there got word that what we might be getting is every year, right before Christmas, ABC does like a Disney sort of uh, Christmas kind of special thing. Uh, apparently, we're going to get a new little video regarding uh, Galaxy's Edge at the parks. Maybe a little stuff regarding the hotel that's going to be opening up at Disney World. Uh, and potentially, maybe on top of that, a little bit of a first look of Episode Nine. Don't hold your breath. Not happening. By the time this let's thing just forget, airs. Let's not even talk about that. Okay. That ain't happening. All right. I don't think that's out. You think that's going to happen? No. Okay. <laughs> not at it. all. It's not, not going to happen. All. But who knows, man? We can't shade <laughs> Kyle Newman for making shit up yes. and then we talk about made up shit. Yes. No, yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. But I do believe we'll get Galaxy's Edge footage. But we get some Galaxy's Edge footage. But who, you know, we'll see by the time this thing airs, that Disney Christmas special will have aired and we'll all have enjoyed our Galaxy's Edge video. <laughs> yeah. 
Would I be stoked if it was episode nine stuff? Yes. Will it be episode nine stuff? No. That I think that I think that train. Hey, has here's what I'm gonna do. Passed. Alex, I'm gonna toss this up in the air. Okay. And you're gonna blast it away. Are you ready? Are your blasters what ready? What is it? What is it? I'm gonna toss up these two balls, and you're gonna blast them away. First one up. Movie reviewers making shit, saying okay, stuff because right. they're afraid they're gonna lose access. Ready? <laughs> oh man! Got All it. right, this one's gonna need a double shot though. Okay. You got them. Yep. You ready? All right. We're gonna get episode nine footage with the Galaxy's Edge stuff that we're gonna see with the Disney Christmas special on ABC. <laughs> got it. Listen, that sounds great. It's gonna be very small. If it's anything, in a perfect world, it's that Mando footage that may or may not have aired at a marketing thing. Probably not. Could to be. me actually to me more likely them wanting to get word out about 2019 is the Disney Plus streaming service. Episode nine is going to do its thing, and maybe along with a plethora of other things, that, titles and things that are going to be on there, you're going to get a shot of a Mando firing a gun or walking down How a How rad a, a would it thing. be if it was like, let's take a early look at the Disney Plus streaming service and it was a montage of all the stuff that that's going to be on there. That to me is way more and likely. And then at the very end, it was like IG-88 and like the crew like pumping the thing and it said the Mandalorian. Coming. That would be awesome. Would be awesome. Way more likely than episode nine. Probably not. Gonna Probably happen. not going to happen. We're going to get a pic. We're going to get the same shot of the Falcon, and then we see the mountains of Galaxy's Edge, and then we see First Order Stormtroopers. It's like the same. I'm just yeah. like, yeah. Oh, all I want for Christmas is a good nap. Me too, buddy. <laughs> I don't know why I got all tired all of a sudden. <laughs> that's that's pretty much it. This is a little. It's a tough week to do news because. You never know what could happen over a holiday weekend like that, but I think I'm going to go out on a limb and say I think nothing will have happened between now and when this drops. I don't foresee big news coming. I concur. And if it comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. Either way, we will see you guys after that. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Uh, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm having trouble remembering the calendar offhand. We may or may not be back the following week. I don't think we will be. No. And then I think the week after that, we will be back in the studio. Yeah, I think we'll be back in studio the week of the second. So Back in the studio the week of the second, which means the first episode will air a week after yes. that. So about the second week of January, we will be back in the studio. We hope you all had an amazing holiday. Thank you so much for tuning in. This wraps up season two of Black Series Rebels. We did it, buddy. This year was a lot grumpier. I don't, yeah. A lot grumpier, but also a lot more fun. We got to do a lot of fun, amazing things. We had to do a lot of fun, amazing things, but also like, y'all tested me. <laughs> y'all uh, tested me. Get ready for 2019, baby. Get ready. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> get ready to be disappointed. <laughs> With that being said, guys, happy holidays and may the force be with you. Thanks for checking out the show. And if you liked what you saw, remember to hit subscribe. And if you're listening to us over on iTunes, please give us a five-star review. If you guys want to support the show, you can check out our merchandise shop. Every order that we sell goes right back into helping us make this show. And remember, tell your friends. May the force be with you.